Good afternoon, everybody. My name is John Marzola. I'm here today with my colleague, Kristen Kapoor, and uh, we're attorneys here at the Lois Law Firm, and we're going to be presenting on the specific defense of the coming and going rule. As you may know, if you're a fan, this is part of our webinar series. Every third Monday, we have a new webinar on a, uh, a new topic on New York workers' compensation. Every fourth Monday of the month, it's a New Jersey topic. Um, after this webinar airs, you can watch it again, show all your friends at our website, lois-llc.com. Click on webinars. You will find this webinar and our several past webinars, so you can watch them all. And uh, while you're on the website, uh, feel free to check out any of our numerous articles. We have uh, all our associate attorneys uh, regularly write topics on topics in New York workers' compensation. Uh, you can find them right there on the site, along with any information uh, for their contact information, if you have any specific questions. Uh, if you're interested in the handbook authored by our managing partner, Greg Lois, you can get it from the website as well. And don't forget about our newsletter, which goes out once a month. Now, uh, let's get to it, the coming and going defense. All right, so uh, you have an accident, um, and it's a bona fide employee. Uh, there's no question about whether or not the accident actually occurred. But you do have a question in your mind about whether or not the coming and going defense applies. And the coming and going defense is uh, one of our more common ones. We see it pretty frequently. Uh, and it's a good one because there are a lot of situations where uh, you know, the employee is going to claim uh, that it's compensable. But uh, generally speaking, it, it, they're not. When you're coming and going to work, uh, that's not covered by workers' compensation, um, except for some exceptions, which we'll get into. Um, but if you have a question in your mind and you're not sure if it is or it is not compensable, uh, we would encourage everybody not to do nothing because if you do nothing, it's going to be presumed compensable. If you're unsure, you have any doubt whatsoever uh, as to whether or not the coming and going defense applies, uh, we would recommend that you move quickly uh, and that you, within 25 days, file your SHROI or your FROI 04 electronically denying the claim uh, and have your attorney uh, simultaneously file the PH-16 pre-hearing conference statement as well as the OC-400.5. Okay, so once you have filed your FROI or SHROI-04, uh, now it's time to see if the going and coming defense is going to be sustainable. So look, let's look at what it is. In general, the commute of an employee to and from the office is not compensable. Employees are not deemed to be in the course of their employment when they are traveling to and from work. There are, of course, many exceptions, as John noted, which we are going to go through. And here are a few of them. So a very common one that we see all the time is parking lot injuries, slips and falls, and factors to consider as to whether or not the going and coming defense is going to work for you in these situations to look at who owns the parking lot and who maintains the parking lot. If the employer owns it, may be likely to be compensable. Maintenance of the parking lot is important too. Snow removal, if it's a slip and fall in ice, uh, potholes, who is supposed to be taking care of that. If it's not the employer, you may be able to rely on the going and coming defense. Right, and remember, it's not, uh, these are not bright line rules. Uh, just because the owner owns the parking lot doesn't mean it's automatically compensable, but it's just a factor uh, that is going to go into uh, the judge's determ final determination as to whether or not it's a compensable accident. Uh, another situation to keep 
be mindful of when it comes to parking lot injuries is whether or not the employees were directed to park there. So in other words, maybe the parking lot is not owned or maintained by the employer. However, uh, in the context of, uh, let's say for example, a, a retail uh, business, they may tell their um, employees to park in a certain area so that their customers can have preferred parking, usually closer to the, to the business. Uh, and in those instances, instances where an accident would not have occurred but for the employer directing the employee to park somewhere specifically, um, that's something that's probably going to be an exception. It's going to be probably something that's deemed favorable in favor of compensability, but again, not, not automatically. It's something that definitely needs to be thoroughly investigated and developed uh, at trial. Okay, another uh, fact situation, employer-sponsored travel. Um, for employer-provided transportation, we're talking about if the employer provides a cab service to get an employee to or from work or a carpool service. Um, if the employer is furnishing that, reimbursing for that, if the employee is on the clock for that, the claim is likely compensable. However, and if an employer is simply advising, suggesting, or encouraging employees to carpool together to and from work, uh, not necessarily compensable if they're not on the clock, for, not on the clock for that time, and not being reimbursed. Uh, Employer-required overnight travel is stuff like training conferences. Um, you know, obviously the travel to and from the conference, anything that's on the itinerary for the conference, that is going to be compensable. However, after hours, people are going out to the bars, accident happens, likely not compensable. Right, and that's going to be one of the more particularly fact-sensitive situations. Um, when you're away and you're out of town on, on business, a lot of the things you're going to be doing, uh, even if it's not specifically on the itinerary, uh, are going to um, probably mitigate towards compensability if it occurs in the normal course uh, of activity associated with uh, whatever is on the docket for that trip. But again, you have to keep in mind, uh, when, when people travel out of town overnight, particularly if they're in groups, um, if, for example, there's a, a work-sponsored dinner and everyone grabs drinks afterwards and the night kind of goes on endlessly, uh, you can imagine the, all sorts of scenarios in there which uh, someone can get into, involved in an accident and uh, it's probably going to be a, you know, a highly fact-sensitive decision as to whether or not uh, the accident is going to be deemed compensable. It will likely involve you know, gathering up a number of witnesses and you know, you'd, then you'd probably have the, the added... Um, trouble of having to have people piece their night back together, but, you know, it, it, just because it happened at an out-of-town conference and everybody was together and it seemingly was work-related, uh, that's the type of thing that's going to have to be very thoroughly investigated uh, and ultimately would be in the hands of, of a judge who would, uh, you know, make a decision on compensability, but you want to be careful and, and thorough to have everything lined up in order to argue that that, you know, exception would not apply. Okay, another situation where there might be an exception is travel time and sales routes. Now, we already established regular commute to and from a fixed location, not compensable. That is the going and coming rule. However, uh, traveling salesmen, that kind of thing, it's a little more complicated. Yeah, I mean, uh, and your classic example here, of course, is someone who works in pharmaceutical sales and you're visiting a number of hospitals or doctors throughout the day. Um, you know, going from hospital to hospital, doctor's office to doctor's office, um, that is, you know, accidents that happen along the way of your regular route, 
those are going to be considered compensable and an exception to the coming and going defense. Um, however, uh, I would say two things to keep in mind here. Uh, heading out to your first stop of the day and going home from your last stop of the day, uh, when that's unequivocal, uh, that is normal commuting to and from work and uh, should not be compensable in, because you're coming and going from work. Uh, the other thing I would also be mindful of is um, little diversions that take place over the course of the day and over the course of the route. I don't think uh, if someone stopped to get a bottle of water on their way to you know two medical facilities, if you're doing that type of work, uh, is going to be deemed to be a you know deviation from employment to the extent that it's not compensable. However, um, if you start running personal errands while you're you know in between appointments uh, and something happens and you get involved in an accident, well then I would argue uh, that's very questionable as to whether or not that should be compensable and absolutely. Uh, should be denied until it can be investigated further. Okay. A special errand is one that an employer asks an employee to do that's outside of the usual um, workday and requires travel. So when the employee's travel serves the purpose of the employer, injuries sustained during that travel may be compensable. Factors to consider are if the employer encouraged or facilitated the travel, it is likely compensable. Right. Um, classic example here is that you're working on a construction site and uh, you, you know you run out of materials or you need to pick something else up from the Home Depot and the boss or the foreman says, hey, I need you to run out and pick up certain things to finish the job. Clearly that's going to be um, a, a special errand and would be deemed compensable if an accident happens along the way. You know, I think if the, the individual stopped you know, for gas on the way back, uh, in the course of doing that special errand, that's going to, uh, you know, be considered something that's compensable. But um, if they, while out on a specific special errand, uh, on behalf of their employer, go off uh, on a deviation such as running running a personal errand, uh, I would argue that absolutely would not be compensable. Okay, a situation that is becoming more and more common is employees working from home. Now, in situations like this, let's say the employee trips and falls while they're in their home office trying to pick up something from the printer for work, that's likely compensable. It furthers the employer's purpose. Uh, if, while they're working from home, they decide to take out the garbage from the kitchen and they trip and fall, not compensable. That is not in the course of their employment because it doesn't further the employer's purpose. Right, and let's make sure that um the employee is actually working from home, right? I mean, just because you bring home some work with you and you had, uh, you know, some intentions to do work when you got there, um, you know, that's not a work from home situation. And and for those who, you know, are established to have a an office at home and are permitted to work from home from their employer, um, just because they were in their home doesn't make a, you know the accident compensable. In fact, um, that's something that would uh, I think would require. Um, a good deal of investigation to make sure that they were during you know normal working hours, whatever they, that may be for that in, uh, employee. Uh, for example, if something were to happen on the weekend, but you know it's a nine to five job for everyone else, um, they're not going to be able to say, well, I was just happening to do some work during that time. We want to make sure that you know it's legitimate and real, and it's a bona fide office situation. Right, which is difficult to prove with the work from home situations because normally you're not going to have another employee witness. You might be relying on a family member, if anyone. Uh, so those can be difficult. Right. All right, I think that covers it for us. If anyone has any questions, 
send them to us now. And if, uh, if, you, if no questions come to mind immediately, you can always feel free to follow up with us in email. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. But uh, the floor is yours if anybody has anything specific for us now. All right. It looks like we covered it all. No questions are coming in. So do please stay tuned for next month's topic in New York on July 17th. The topic for our webinar will be, should I pay temporary disability? Talking about indemnity benefits and when they're appropriate. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a nice day. Thanks.